0: Welcome back to Playing Wisely with Eric Garcia. I am John J. Gay, joined by Eric Garcia. And Eric, I think today, with so much noise out there in terms of the CARES Act and COVID-19 and all this technical stuff, it's so easy to get lost in all those details. Let's just have a conversation,
1: man-to-man, about what this means for the average person. Yeah, all this, it's exhausting, isn't it? Yeah. You know, every, every conversation that I have with anybody, I mean, this is, this is everybody. Everyone's having this conversation. It's, hey, how are you doing? How are you coping? And mm. the memes out there are, um, are stellar. Yes, I, a lot of my Facebook feed, yep. People are communicating less with words and more with memes to share their feelings. It's, it's, it's kind of hysterical. It's a throwback to the hieroglyphics that the Egyptians used. You know, I've always said that. I've always said that emojis and, and memes are, we're just devolving as, um, as people. <laughs> we're going back we're coming back to ancient dates but here's the reality there, there is a lot of noise there's a lot of news out there about the CARES Act right the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act yeah. um it's exhausting the the news articles are exhausting watching the stock market up and down is exhausting watching congress fight is exhausting watching press conferences from officials is exhausting but this is the reality that we live in and what i really want to do here on this episode is I want to cut through some of the noise. We we can't avoid it all, but I want to hit on some opportunities, some planning opportunities for people as a result of COVID-19. So we're not going to get super technical on any of these. So what I ask, you know, if you're listening, kind of listen on some things that might be applicable to you. Um, And if it is applicable to you, go deeper, research a little bit more, reach out to your planner, reach out to your CPA, Google it. Uh, to find out how uh, applicable and more specific to your situation. That's that's kind of the context of the episode today. But like you said, just two guys, just having a conversation over a cup of coffee, talking about COVID-19 opportunities.
0: It is New Orleans, so I wonder what's in that coffee, but that's another story altogether. So... The only thing I want to get into on the technical side, just because it's the basis for all of this, is AGI. This will be the one really technical thing we talk about, and then we'll we'll put the technical side after that. But I hear this word, this term AGI, and it has something to do with how much money I made or how much the government considers I made. Just real quick,
1: explain to me what the heck AGI is. AGI, yeah. So let's let's un let's untechnify. It. Is that a word? <laughs> un, let's make it is it un-technical. now technical. So AGI adjusted. Gross income this is the the number it's used to calculate a lot of people's deductions and their eligibility for certain tax credits. It's a number that is being used a lot right now that uh, will calculate people's eligibility for a lot of the, the CARES Act provisions. So basically what it is' it's, it's almost your entire income. It's almost your entire gross income before taxes. There are a few common deductions to get to your AGI. So think of everything you make before you pay taxes, before you pay any benefits at work, okay? So everything you make minus uh, certain retirement plan contributions, minus if you're self-employed, half of that self-employment tax that you pay, uh, minus if you contribute to a health savings account, uh, minus any student or certain amount of your student loan interest. Those are the most common deductions. They're also called, you maybe you heard it, above the line deductions. So you take all that you make you subtract those deductions and you get your AGI, your adjusted gross income. We're talking about here because that's gonna impact just about every opportunity that we talk about moving forward.
0: All right, AGI is what I made minus those deductions. Okay, so now that we've got that out of the way, let's talk about the CARES Act. And there are some opportunities, and as you mentioned at the top, Eric, some of these will apply to some of our listeners and some won't, so kind of cherry pick the ones that are gonna apply to you. But with this CARES Act, as everybody's kind of home sitting around right now, has a little bit of time on their hands,
1: probably thinking about their financial future, what opportunities do you see right now? Let's start with, I think, one of the most obvious ones. And remember, we're talking about opportunities for individuals, not businesses. So we're not talking about payment protection programs. We're not talking about disaster loans for businesses. These are for individuals. And I think the most obvious one is the tax rebate. That the government started sending out. Now, I hear a lot of people refer to it as the stimulus check. By statute, it's technically a tax rebate. Okay, uh, it's against it's a credit against your 2020 taxes, and it's based on your 2018 or your 2019 tax return. Now, this is the money that people are getting deposited in their checking accounts.
0: This is where I kick myself, because if I understand this correctly, if you filed your 2019 taxes, they base it off of that. If you haven't, you, they base it off your 2018 taxes. And I'm kicking myself because I did better in 2019 and I'd already filed. I said to myself, shoot, if I had just waited to file, I would have got more money because I did not as good in 2018.
1: Yeah, so so you're, you're referring to the phase-out. So here's the way it works. Every individual is going to get $1,200. Married couples will get $2,400. However, they start to get phased out based off of their AGI. So for individuals who make $75,000, or well, they start to get phased out of that 1200 after $75,000, and married couples start to get phased out after $150,000 of AGI. And then also, per child, for kids that are 16 and younger, if your kid's 17, they don't qualify, 16 and under, mm-hmm. it's a $500 check or rebate for each kid. So there we go. The, the first instance of that, of that AGI coming into play. So here's the planning opportunity. Um, the government's going to send you the money. If you have filed electronically, they're going to deposit it in whatever account that you've used to, to pay your taxes or they, they've given you refunds in the past. Yep. If you don't, they're going to send you a check in the mail, which is going to delay it. As you record
0: this on uh, Friday morning, April 24th, I'm still waiting on mine electronically, but
1: it's going to come at some point, I hope. Yeah, still waiting. I Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But here's the opportunity. The, the, the planning opportunity is, if you're still in a position and you're fortunate to where you still have income coming in and maybe your income hasn't been impacted uh, too dramatically by the coronavirus, this is a really good opportunity to use that money to pay down some high-interest debt, to fund an emergency savings uh, account, not to maybe go run and, and blow the money on something that you, know, you weren't planning on buying. This is a really good opportunity to pay down that debt and, and to save some money.
0: I think that is such an important point, Eric, because you know, I historically have been a spendthrift, and I think, "Ooh, getting this nice big check, what can I buy?" And with you know the economy where it is right now and us shut down until who knows when, it is really important to think about either socking that money away
1: or paying down some debt or doing something responsible with it as much as it kills me to do it. yeah so in that same vein, another opportunity that has come out of the CARES Act is student loan relief. Yeah. Right, so if you have a federally held student loan, all your loan payments and interest through September 30th has been suspended. So you basically do not have to make a student loan payment, nor does interest accrue on federally held student loans all the way through September 30th, which is huge. So again, if you're one of those people who finds themselves with their student loans being suspended, but yet still have the cash flow coming in through other sources, it's a good opportunity to keep making those payments because there's no interest accruing. So more money is going to principal, which means you can pay down your um, student loans faster. Or if you're one of those people whose student loans are being suspended, but also have high interest credit card debt. Yeah. What a great opportunity to redirect that money to pay off those credit cards. Also, if you're um, hoping to Qualify. This is this is important. If you work for a nonprofit or a government agency, and yep. you are hoping to qualify for the public service loan forgiveness, uh, so basically what that is, if you work for 120 months or 10 years for a nonprofit or a government agency, you can apply for student loan forgiveness of those federal funds. But you have to make your payments timely on a monthly basis. This suspension is not going to impact your qualification. In fact, I believe that every suspended payment, whether it's made or not, actually will count towards the qualification. So,
0: Right. So to qualify for this program, you have to make 120 on-time payments, so monthly for right. 10 years. And this says, okay, if you're not making those payments now, your, your Cal Ripken streak is still alive. Still alive. It's not going to affect uh, your your Ironman streak or,
1: or disqualify you from the program. And the way I understand it is if your streak is at like 115... <laughs> And next month, you don't make the payment because it's suspended, you're at 116.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And then the next month, you're at 117, even though you're not making the payment, which is, you know, if you find yourself in that position, it's pretty cool. It's certainly a great opportunity
0: for somebody who is in that repayment phase of their student loans. I know I was for quite
1: some time after school. What other opportunities are we looking at, Eric? Yeah, so here's some cool ones for people who are charitable-minded. Yeah. Right? So there is a new charitable deduction that's available as a result of the CARES Act. It's an above-the-line deduction. What that means is it's going to drop your AGI, that adjusted gross income, okay? Mm -hmm. So here's how it works. It's $300 per taxpayer or $600 per married couple, and it reduces your AGI, which in effect reduces your taxable income. Now, to qualify for it, you have to take the standard Deduction when you file your taxes.
0: Okay, so it won't work if you're doing itemized got it
1: So if you itemize it does not work. Let's talk about that really quick so the standardized deduction this was one of the changes a Couple years back with the new tax laws that came into play is for single people the item. I'm sorry The standard deduction is twelve thousand four hundred married couples. It's twenty four thousand eight hundred Here's the way it works is you have the option to take that standard deduction off of your income Or you can itemize certain deductions if itemizing would be greater than the standard deduction that would make sense to itemize. So, for example, some common itemized deductions, uh, mortgage interest, charitable deductions are itemized, uh, medical or dental over a certain percentage of your AGI, uh, some state and local income tax up to a certain amount are all Itemized or item, you can itemize those deductions. There's some other ones, but those are the most common. So Mm -hmm. if all those deductions don't add up more than the standard deduction, people are taking the standard deduction. Right. So let's just say, for example, I give to charity. I give $5,000 to charity this year. Um, I'm married. My standard deduction is $24,800. With all the other deductions, I don't meet that threshold. So I'm taking the standard deduction. So I'm technically not getting a quote unquote deduction for giving to charity. Yeah. However, now, since I'm married, I'll get $600 off of my taxable income still because of the new law. So that's pretty cool.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's really important. And I'm glad it's part of the CARES Act because there are so many worthy organizations that are doing so many great things in the midst of all this chaos all around us. And I think for a lot of folks, they're hesitant to make a charitable donation because they're so worried about their bottom line, job security, that kind of stuff. But with this, it's incentivizing you if you have the means to give a little bit more to charity and help some of these organizations do the good work that they're doing.
1: Here's the, a really cool new opportunity as a result of the CARES Act for people who tend to give high dollar amounts. Yeah. Previous to the CARES Act, they could only deduct up to 60% of their gift of their AGI. So these are people with, with substantial assets who might write a $50,000 check or a $100,000 check to charity. Yeah, uh, But they were only able to deduct 60% of that gift of their AGI. right? If they itemize their deductions, they can deduct up to 100% of their AGI. So basically, they could not pay taxes. So, so I just want to make sure I'm clear on this, Eric. So, before
0: we were talking about those who take the standard deduction, now we're talking about those who itemize, right? Yeah, that's right. So, I make hundred. So let's say, I don't. So let's say I make a hundred thousand dollars a year. We'll use nice round even numbers here. Okay. Pre, mm-hmm. What you're saying is previously, I could donate up to sixty thousand dollars and deduct that off my taxes. Now, with the Cares Act, I can donate the hundred, the full hundred thousand dollars, and be able to deduct, deduct the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I might have substantial investments, and I might make a hundred thousand dollars, and I might want to uh, decide. You know what? I'm gonna write a hundred thousand dollar check to some organization to support the frontline workers. Yeah. Right. So all of a sudden, you go from having a taxable income of a hundred thousand to having a taxable income of zero. That does sound nice. If you're in a position to give substantial amount of dollars, it's a it's a huge incentive to give the charity. Now, you know, I hope that people will always give to charity, regardless of the tax um, uh, consequences. But that's a pretty good opportunity for people who are in a position to give that amount of money. It's a nice little carrot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the next opportunity, this is pretty big. It's required minimum distributions are waived for the entire year of 2020. Back in December, a lot of people don't realize this, but there were some pretty big changes made to the retirement planning space. Mm -hmm. It was the SECURE Act. um, But you know, I have to mention this, that Does the government have an entire department dedicated to acronyms?
0: Yeah, we had the SECURE Act in January, and now we've got the CARES Act
1: in March. What is it? Setting every community community up for retirement or something like that? For Yeah, something along those lines. Um. So anyway, (laughs) uh, part of the, the SECURE Act was increasing the age that people were required to take money out of their retirement account. So previous to December, it was 70 and a half. Now it's 72. Got it. So essentially, individuals who are 72 and older are not required to take out their required minimum di- distributions this year. And that could be a substantial number. Mm-hmm. Um, the number is based off of, of your age. <clears throat> so the older you are, the uh, government wants to force more money out of your accounts to collect the taxes on it. Um, yeah. So this, this could be a significant change to people's taxable income because that money comes out as income. So if you're 72 or older, you don't have to take your RMD. Individuals who turned 70 and a half before 2020 uh, don't have to take it out. That's part of the change from the SECURE Act. But this applies to most retirement plans, specifically your 401Ks, 403Bs, uh, IRAs, those types of plans. Mm -hmm. Here's a couple of the cool things about this, and here's why it's an opportunity. One is you don't have to take the money out and pay the taxes on it. But second, most of that money is invested in the stock market. The stock market is down right now. Yeah, You never really, if you can help it, don't want to take money out of the stock market if you don't have to when your accounts are down. So now this money gets to stay in the market and gets to recover uh, as the economy and as the stock market recovers. So that's a huge opportunity for retirees. It's the age-old investment mantra of buy low and
0: sell high. You don't want to sell off your assets when they've dropped in the stock market. And now, because people don't have to take these RMDs in 2020, they don't have to take that money out at a loss, and they can leave it in. Hopefully, it comes back in 2021 and beyond.
1: Yeah. So the RMDs force you to sell, uh, essentially, and you have no control over what the market's doing. But this year, you don't have to. You have to pay. So if you are taking money out of your account as part of your required minimum distribution. On them Because some people take the money out monthly. If you don't need to take it out, call your advisor and tell them to stop sending you the money. And you can actually put money back into your account if you've taken it out uh, subject to like a 60-day window. If you've taken it out in the last 60 days, there may be an opportunity for you to put it back in. To recontribute it, yeah. Again, everyone's situation is a little bit specific. Don't take anything that I'm saying here as specific advice to you. If If this sounds like something that applies to you, Dig a little bit deeper. This leads to the last opportunity from the CARES Act. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. This one makes me a little bit nervous. Okay. But it needs to be discussed that there is a new special rule for the use of retirement funds. Okay. If you've been saving in a retirement account, like an IRA or or a 401k, you've been saving that money for retirement, right? Mm Mm-hmm young Eric and young Jag is saving money for old Eric and old Jag. Because <laughs> once old Jag and old Eric are old and no longer working, they have no income to save for retirement. So while we're working, we save for retirement. Yep. Well, the new rule is waiving the 10% penalty to access retirement funds prior to age 59 and a half.
0: That was the old rule and the old standby was don't take the money out of your retirement if you can avoid it because you're going to get
1: whacked with that huge penalty and that's temporarily lifted. It's a trade-off, right? The government's going to give you a deduction for putting the money into your retirement account and the trade-off is don't touch it or we're going to penalize you until retirement. So now they're saying, no, we're going to waive it. So if you do find yourself in a situation where you're out of work or your income has been dramatically changed and you have retirement assets, you can access your retirement money. However, you do have to pay taxes on it. Okay. Okay. However, as part of the provision, they're giving you three years to recontribute that money back into your account to avoid taxes. Ah. So you can take up to $100,000 out of your account. Okay. Avoid the 10% penalty if you're under 59 and a half. And over the next three years, put back that $100,000 into your account. And not have paid taxes or a penalty on it. The reason this scares me is people have been putting money aside for their retirement. And if they take it out now, there's a very high likelihood that they don't put it back. So they're taking money away from their future self that they've been putting away. And this is a common conversation I have with people who take money out of their, their retirement account oh, yeah. prematurely and they find themselves in their 50s or in their 60s with a, a spent down retirement account, money used for something else. I think to zoom out
0: a little bit, Eric, a lot of the provisions in this CARES Act are to say to people, hey, listen, we know that you've got a major cash flow problem right now, and we don't want to see you hitting major, major financial hardships. So we're going to relax a lot of rules and change a lot of these restrictions so that you can have access to money if you need that cash Right now. And that's the idea of generally, you don't want to take anything out of a retirement account, but if you really are strapped and you're in trouble and you need it, you can do it. But I think your point is well taken.
1: Let me come back to that point really quick. I would just want to mention one quick thing about this new special rule for using your retirement funds. Yeah. You have to qualify. To qualify, uh, requirements are pretty vague. All right. So the first two are pretty specific diagnosed with COVID 19. You can access your retirement money without a penalty. A spouse or dependent has been diagnosed with COVID 19 or you've experienced adverse financial consequences as a result of being quarantined, being furloughed, or laid. like who hasn't experienced some adverse... Yeah,
0: there's like this qualification here, but I don't know anybody on the planet that hasn't been
1: affected in some way by COVID-19 at this point. So my guess is, and this is not a, by any means, a um, an interpretation of that, but my guess is that anybody who's alive and has retirement money would qualify. But again, that's something that is between you and your CPA and the IRS. Those are the CARES Act. And what you were saying is, I know there's a lot of, we can all sit back and criticize the government and what they're doing right now. Um, I I certainly have some critical statements for some of the things and how they've been managed. All this, the CARES Act, and if you look at the amount of money that the federal government is pumping into the economy, it's all meant... Trillions. It's trillions. And they just passed uh, another, um, what, half a trillion this morning. It's, It's Friday morning. They just passed another half a trillion. The intent is to keep money in the economy, to keep money in people's pockets so that we don't go into a depression. Yeah. It is a huge undertaking. Certainly, there. anytime the government starts doling out money, there's going to be fraud. Um, but up to this point, they've been successful in it. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on the other side, but uh, we'll have to, to wait and see. So I, I will hold my uh, my, criti- my criticism Ah, uh, for later. Save it for Facebook. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. Well, I'll take my I'll take my critical statements to Facebook.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. One more point on the retirement accounts is if you can avoid having to take them out to your point Eric, because you're mortgaging your future at that point. I would use it as a last resort, like only dip into that if you have to. But
1: there are some people at this point in time who have to. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do do so wisely, do so prudently and I would certainly engage your financial advisor and have a plan on not just taking it out but a plan on how you plan on building it back up. So that, that that's super important. So let's move to some opportunities that are outside of the CarES Act that just the environment kind of avails itself in terms of from a planning standpoint. Mm-hmm. The first and the big one that I want to share is, if you haven't refinanced your mortgage in a while, I would strongly, strongly recommend you consider refinancing. Take a look at what your rate is. Typically, the rule of thumb that most mortgage brokers will tell you is if you can save a percentage in your interest rate, it's worth refinancing, but everyone should at least be looking at it.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I know that's something that that my wife and I have looked at with our mortgage too. It's definitely something you want to talk to a professional about for sure.
1: You can save hundreds of dollars by uh, refinancing. So if your income's down or if you have, uh, this is a good opportunity to increase your uh, your monthly cash flow by decreasing your mortgage to pay down your debt, to save more for retirement, to uh, save an emergency fund. So it's a really good opportunity right now. Interest rates are low. So it's a great opportunity to refinance. So take a look at that. Another opportunity is there's something called an in-service distribution. So if you have a retirement account at work and you're over 59 and a half, your retirement account more than likely makes a provision for you to roll some of your money out of the 401k environment into an IRA that you have more control over how it's managed. So you can hire a professional money manager to manage those assets for you because 401ks typically are pretty limited in your investment options. Yeah. So right now people are watching their 401k values just fluctuate dramatically. So it may be a good idea for some people to move some of that money out of the 401k environment into an account where they can hire a professional money manager to have more success in the investment space. Maybe it's to invest the money in in a way that's more appropriate for that individual. Uh, Maybe it's in in a way that's more in line with the individual's risk tolerance. But this is a really good opportunity to engage an investment advisor if you haven't to see if that's an opportunity for you. Mm -hmm. Next one is if your income has been impacted as a result of COVID or, or maybe you're not making as much money, revisit your tax return for withholdings. Okay. So basically when you fill out that W-4, when you first get hired and you're making your selections on how many kids you have and dependents. thing always
0: confuses me every time I look at that. <laughs>
1: it, it is. It's, it's not easy to understand, but the idea is this. The more dependents you have, the less they're going to withhold, right? Because the lower your taxes will be. Mm-hmm. So you can re- reduce some of that stuff to increase the amount of money that comes to you or let me, let me put it this way, decrease the amount of money that's withheld from your paycheck. Yeah. So you get to take home more. Here's the danger in that though. If you do that and uh, you start to take home more money, you're not making more money. They're just withholding less for taxes. Come tax time, Yeah. if you don't have all those deductions, you could be in a position to where you're having to pay and not prepared to pay. So that's just something that could kind of get you through a tough time if need be. Our last opportunity, we're all stuck in our houses right now, and there's a really good chance that your spending habits have changed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to say your spending habits have changed. (laughs) Yeah. All right, hopefully, you're spending less money. Again, if you're in a position where you're still receiving income and your cash flow is still good... And your spending is down. Clearly, that's an opportunity to take extra money if you have debt. Pay down. There's a there's a there's a theme here, right? Pay down your debt. Pay down your debt. Pay down your debt, especially if it's yes, high interest yes, debt. Yes. 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 So, I mean, if you if your spending is down by five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, take all of it. Put it towards a, a credit card if you have a credit card balance. Mm-hmm. If you don't have an emergency fund, hopefully. As a result of, of COVID, people realize how important it is to have money just on the sidelines in the event something like this happens. Build an emergency fund. This is a really good opportunity, especially since we're home all day. It's a good opportunity to pull your credit card statements, pull your bank statements, and just see how much less you're spending, if you are spending less, and make a plan for that money.
0: You know, you're preaching to the choir on this one, Eric, because I was looking at spending with my wife the other day, and I realized the only thing that we've spent money on in the last, like, month
1: is groceries. Instacart.
0: Yeah, Instacart and uh, and the supermarkets that we have here in Michigan, we found that one is better than the other. But we've but we've had groceries delivered, and we've done and we've done some grocery pickup where we pull into the space and they bring it out to your car. And really, that's about it for all we've spent on money. You know, we're we're watching Netflix and we're FaceTiming our friends at night. We're not going out to eat. We're not going out to you know other social events. So. And we're both fortunately, knockwood's still working. So it really has been an
1: opportunity for us to pay down some things that we hadn't gotten to yet. Here's something to consider. If you're one of those fortunate people who's doing fine right now, and you're saving some money because you're spending less, and you get the, uh, the tax rebate, consider those who are in less fortunate positions than you. Yes. Take advantage of that $300, or if you're married, that $600 charitable deduction and give it to an organization that is supporting the frontline workers or supporting people who don't have work right now. You know, use this as an opportunity to think about others and, and not uh, solely on, on your situation. Really
0: good words to close with. Eric, there are so many different situations. Everybody's individual situation is different, as we've mentioned throughout this podcast, and I feel like we mentioned every episode, and rightfully so. If someone needs to talk to you about their individual situation, especially with all of these variables floating around right now, what are the best ways to reach you?
1: Find me on my website, www.plan-wisely.com. There's a lot of good information there. You can follow um, my YouTube channel, subscribe there. We put out some videos from time to time. Hit on different planning points and in, in the market uh, specifically. Email me at Eric, K at plan wisely.com. Eric, great information today, and glad we got a chance to boil some of
0: this down. There are so many opportunities right now, and I think people are really stressed out right now. We're all stressed, rightfully so. This is a uh This is something that we've never seen before. We're all nervous about our health, both physically and financially. But for those who are paying attention, there are a lot of opportunities thanks to some of this recent stuff that's come out. So great information today, as always. Awesome. Thanks, Jack. Have a good day. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance services offered through Garcia Financial Group, LLC. New Century Financial Group, LLC. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., and Garcia Financial Group, LLC, do not offer tax advice or tax services. Please consult your tax specialist for individual advice. We make no specific comments or recommendations on any tax-related details. Entities listed are not affiliated.